Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, everybody? We are back, and of course, we are better than ever, and really, it is because today is a special episode of the Sporting Edges. It is Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, November 23rd, and it's my favorite holiday. I can't tell you that enough. I've been bragging about this holiday, getting it, putting it on front page news, basically, ready to go, and it lived up to expectations this year. It did. did live up to expectations, but I have to say, mom and sister kind of screwed up the turkey this year. It's always um, tough when you hear there's some kitchen, kitchen there, miscues. There's one, one turkey that needs to be cooked every year, and this this year it got screwed up. Uh, it was an hour late. Mom and sister wanted me to eat a blood red turkey that was still, you know, gobble gobbling in the oven. <laughs> it was it was talking to you. It was um, like, you can't eat me yet. Yeah. Uh, had some really crappy sweet mashed potatoes. That my sister also made. You were sounding like you, your Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Everything else besides that was wonderful, but sister, A for effort, delivery, C. Before we get into the football talk, I do want to say, so everything else was wonderful, except yeah. the NFL today. The NFL has not been wonderful. It was a wolf. It was a, a wolf, wolf Thanksgiving day. football day. But like I said, I play in a turkey bowl game every single year, 9 a.m. on a field that none of you would know, so I'm not even going to tell you the name of the field we play on. And it was going all right. You know, I threw for three touchdowns, had a receiving touchdown as well. But uh, the, gro- the old groin went out. And I ended up throwing <laughs> the, old the old groin went out, just like it did when I was at uh, the University of Dayton playing basketball. And I threw a duck 15 feet up in the air that was taken back f- to the house. So it was just tough. It was a tough uh, – we lost. It's my first Turkey Bowl loss in about five, six years. So – it did live up to expectations, though. It was a fun day, so I was very excited. Yeah, a real fun day, and the food was good. And, and I feel very fat now, but I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, show my body off right I'm now. I'm gonna go anybody. veg out after this. Also, big news: went out last night. We did for the first time in we a couple we, weeks. Us old people, we finally got the gang back together, and we went out. Went to Libertyville. If any of our Chicago listeners are from around there, we were hanging out there. Where to me. Great time and everything. Got to play some darts. I was I was really kind of on darts, but my partner might have been a little little lackadaisical. Too many drinks in him. It's very clicky in Libertyville. It's tough to get your word in there if you're trying to talk to a nice female. If you're trying to talk to a gentleman who you just I want to be friends with. I didn't have any problems. 
you you did. You actually st- you stepped up to the plate and I you did step up to the you, plate. you talked to this this lovely lady who I don't know who it is, but I don't know either. But and we'll never know because that to be it's over. But let's get back to sports real quick. Uh, you you got something else to say? No. Yeah. Okay. No. We're going back to college football. We're gonna hop over the gruesome injury that just happened to, to Nick Fitzgerald of Mississippi State. It's one of those Kevin Ware esque incidents and. It's really something tough to watch, let me tell you. But, yeah, not good ankle. But it's a great rivalry weekend, and there's a lot at stake. The games might not be as impressive as you're hoping to have them, but the games are very important. And obviously, it all comes down to this Auburn-Alabama game that we're going to talk about. But you have the classics. You've got Ohio State versus Michigan State. You've got Clemson versus South Carolina. All these built-up rivalries. I mean, even Minnesota-Wisconsin is one battle for the Heartland Trophy. Very mm-hmm. important. So... And to me right now, college football, I think, is at its point until the conference championship games. I don't know if anything's really going to change. I, I mean, at its point. like at its it's, it's it's not peak. It, at at the point where nothing's changing. Uh, so I didn't okay. know exactly where to label the point. But as you saw last week, for the first time since the college football playoffs have started, all 10 of the top 10 teams won. And I know that can't happen this week. And... Really, though, the only shakeup we could get this weekend is Alabama-Auburn and whoever wins that matchup. And if Alabama is to win that matchup, it's not like a huge shock to the world because then Auburn just is out of the top six. They were six still. So that's that's definitely going to be the game of choice. But, again, the Big Ten really not fighting for anything here. I think Ohio State. What do you mean? They got the fifth best team in the nation. Playing against a crappy Minnesota team. I mean, if they lost that Minnesota team, I'll give you whatever in my wallet on that day. That's my that's my promise. Oh, okay, to you. okay, but there's I see what you're saying now. Right, there's just not a lot. There's not a lot at stake, or not there is a lot at stake. There's not a lot of risk this weekend, other than Auburn, Alabama. I mean, some other good games like we were talking about Michigan and Ohio State. I just Michigan has just rolled over and died, and it, it starts with their head coach actually, a guy who is loud, really out there into the public eye, has been quiet. He's not boasting. He's not talking about <laughs> what's, how good— What's he going to boast about? I know, but he's not—Michigan's really, He's not. Michigan's not on the map right now. No. And maybe Again, it's because they've been bad. The quarterback trouble. Although I liked Peters. It just was an injury. No, I week. know, but the whole year, though, I mean, Spate to O'Corn. They're terrible. The quarterback, it's just like— it's a disease with some teams. They just cannot find a good one. And it's a disease that's really starting to plague all across the board. I think in the NFL, it's a disease right now, finding a quarterback. Yeah. And especially because the league has kind of changed the past, I would say, five or six years into a very passing-dominated league. Yeah. I think you know, it's you pass have, heavy. You don't really have your you know, workhorse backs anymore. I mean, there's there's very few of them now. It's just not the same. Um but anyways, college football, another game. I haven't watched these two teams all year, but UCF, number 15 against South Florida. Good game. 10-0, 9-1. Charlie Strong, good game. I. It's just one of those games that like you want to say good game and you want to pull the strings here on this weekend and everything. But is it a good game? Yeah. I understand the records are what they are, but those guys could win 24 games in a row and they still wouldn't make the college football playoffs. Still a good game. You know what they should do? What I do feel they should do is a playoff for the not out of the Power Five. They should. All, I think the power. It's been determined. Should that, they have another division for them? I think altogether? so. I think so. And I think what you could do is a relegation format. 
where mm. the bottom teams of the Power Five, like the NBA, you're talking about. Just sure. I, I want to impl- relegation Raj. Relegation Raj. I I'm not a big soccer fan. That's totally fair. I try to know a little bit about it. I want to be as educated as I can about sports. I mean, I was watching curling at the bar the other day. I mean, how many times will you hear that in a sentence together? Watching curling at a bar, but. I like the relegation format because if you're at the bottom, you still have to work your ass off to stay in the league you're at. There's no tanking. And the NBA, you've seen what tanking does. There's tanking in almost every sport, obviously not in college football, but you could do it in college football, giving teams the opportunity to advance and potentially get to the college football playoff. For example, Western Michigan last year would have been relegated from that division lower up into the Power Five. And I know you say, where would they do it? Like, there would still be five conferences. How would that work? I think those conferences would blend over time. And I know it's just a way of keeping schedule going. It's just a way of keeping matchups and everything. But I think it's an interesting way to form it. And I'm also a fan of adding two more teams to the playoffs, just in general. I think there should be six. I think there would be no discrepancy. And have a buy for the... I think buy for one and two. Mm -hmm. I think you would deserve it at that point. And that would be... If so ESPN is just going for ratings anyway, that would be an awesome topic. If we right go there. to six, though, why don't we just go to eight? Because if we're not going to wait, <laughs> that wouldn't waste an extra week. Like, I don't know. I think you're providing some, for, like, again, fighting for those top two spots for a bye. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is Sporting Edge of Liberty Talk. FM, and we'll be back with more college football after the break, everyone. What's up, what's up? We are back. We were just kind of getting into the conversation about expanding the playoffs. And it is selfish, but to me, the NCAA is already doing it. The NCAA is so... I'm trying to think of the word for it because I know it's an attention. I don't want to say the second word that goes with it, but they're attention seekers. They constantly want their name in the news. I mean, during the... Attention whores? Yes, a, a word I was hoping to avoid there, but... Even during, and I know the NCAA is all attached, and I know it doesn't matter. It, there's different sports and everything, but during the classic the, at the United Center between Duke and Michigan State, Kansas, Kentucky, at halftime, they did a whole show for the college football playoff rankings. And I think it's starting to get boring. I mean, it's not exciting. I don't go you really, home. Really? You think it's boring? I don't go home to watch them announce these rankings because, honest to God, it doesn't matter to me until after the conversation. I don't, yeah, well, okay. I don't care when they announce them either. But, but it's a whole I big like, hoopla, is it not? They make it a whole big hoopla during the week. Well, they cut out time on ESPN to do the rankings. Almost like it's it's literally almost like the bracket at the end of the year when on Selection Sunday where everyone's waiting. They I mean, do that every week. I don't know. It's kind of a big deal. Like, you, you because you're, you, it's not, not everything you, is set in stone. It's like it wasn't a big deal last week. It hasn't been a big deal since they put Clemson and Miami at two and three. Because you know that isn't going to work. Because you know these two teams are going to play each other in the conference championship, and you know no matter what any analyst is saying, there's no way both those teams are in the playoffs at the end. So I don't care. This is not what the playoffs are going to look like. I think they should have it where they're projecting people where they're going to finish, who's going to be in the playoffs then. I don't think they should come out and put out their playoff rankings now because to me it really doesn't matter. The conference championships have clearly been dictators of what's going on in terms of the... Yeah, all right, all right. Is it kind of fair? It's, it's kind of fair. It's just like something to talk about. It's exciting. The college football playoffs are coming up. And that's fine. You know, get a life. Be happy. Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming. College football playoff. Well, Thanksgiving's the Where's holiday. Where's your holiday spirit? Well, this is my holiday. This Where is, is it? I, I want it. Where'd it go? I, 
Are you going Black Friday shopping? Uh, no, <laughs> exactly. I'm but going to bed after this. This is, but real quickly back to so what I the point I was making there about how they amplify this this college football playoff ranking is make it eight teams. That will draw your season out longer. You will be able to keep the spotlight on what is NCAA football, and you don't need all this Michigas and garbage that you're putting out every single week. For like it's like a selection show every Tuesday night on a Tuesday. I don't care on a Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Okay, what are we gonna watch now though, on Tuesdays? Tuesdays. Well, I, you know what? The NBA is a little spicy. I think what's going on with the Celtics is kind of nice. We could talk about the Maction that's going on. Maction is huge on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Let me tell you, if you're a gambling man, you can talk about Maction. I know about the Maction. I know you know about the Maction. But realistically, at eight, it's gonna expand. Your reach, you're going to have way more viewership. Not to mention, you get to keep that spotlight, which I just mentioned, on you so much longer. Right. You know, I mean, I would love to see. I think everybody would love to see eight, but there's a certain point where it's like, it's too you don't many go games. farther than eight. But no, I, th- no, I thought you, you cannot. No, you I, can't. And I don't think we're being greedy though. And that's one of the things like that they say about us. They say we're greedy because we want more. They gave us the playoff we wanted. There's, there is. It's tough to see the line between four and five for me sometimes. And it is. this year in particular, because... This is this is very tough. Because I don't think it's fair that Miami or Clemson is going to be out of the playoffs this year. They played such a terrific season. I think both of them should make it. And I think if there are eight teams, no matter what happens in that conference championship game, there is a clear difference between those two teams and 9-10 right now. And I think that's a huge factor. Right. And I mean, and you look at Wisconsin right now, like, I mean, they still have not lost a game. If right. the season were to end today, like they wouldn't be in. Like that's that's it's it's tough to swallow. I'm not saying I don't think Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is probably the fifth, probably the seventh. I think they team. get stomped on though. Okay. I, <laughs> but I could I could see like eight would just be I think would be better. But there's a certain point where it's like are, are there are too many games in the playoffs compared to the regular season. Like you got teams playing like three extra games. You know what I'm saying? It's like the season's only. 11 or 12 well, That's why the long. six... I don't mind the six. I know it sounds like one team or two teams I may mean, have to play for my money right now, like, I would love to see Auburn in the playoff. Yes. And I know... If they and I'd love to see Miami games. Clemson, both of them, in the playoffs. But I'd also like to put Wisconsin. And there, there are teams I like around there. I mean, I love Oklahoma. I hope nothing happens to them and whatever goes on their conference championship. And if I want to bring everything back into a circle, that rele- relegation situation I was talking about where you have the two divisions and one can move up from the power five, one can move down. Mm-hmm. With eight teams, there you could make the argument for putting you don't even need to do the relegation. You could put a UCF that goes undefeated in the eighth spot. You could. Because I think at that point if you go undefeated, you should be the eighth ring team. And you go up against number one. And that's where stories will be made. We have stories every year about the one verse sixteen in the NCAA March Madness tournament. It'd be one verse eight here, right? I think that I think it'd be a better matchup than the one sixteen. No, I agree. I think it would too, but it opens the door for those non-power five conference teams if you make eight. I, the, you know what? I would like to see eight, but basically, my only wish every year in the college football playoff is that there's no questions. It's just like these are the top four teams. These are the teams that should be playing for it. But I don't want there to be a year. Which I, I'm I'm sure there will be eventually, but where it's like, eh, I think this team should have made it over them. Like I don't, I really don't want that because I think every team that is basically close enough should get a shot. So right now, as this stands, like you know, Wisconsin's undefeated. Auburn, I think, is playing the best 
football right now in the country. It'll be interesting. Because so we'll, but we could that could sway. So let's let's talk about our picks. So me and you actually both took Auburn plus four and a half. I I felt compelled to do it. I don't love it though. I don't love it, but I felt compelled because I don't feel comfortable. It's almost like fifty fifty. But I'm not comfortable, comfortable enough taking, taking Alabama. I didn't feel comfortable taking this game, but it had to be taken. Because it's the biggest game of the week. It's the biggest game of the week. And we're both riding Auburn. I think that Auburn front four, like, that, it's, it's I mean, ridiculously good. I, I know Alabama has the best defense in college football, but this Auburn team is scary. A Clemson-like front, in my eyes. Yeah. And I, I think this you know, this game could be a low, very low-scoring game. But I think Auburn, Auburn is a team that I think can play with Alabama. They might not be able to do it more times than not, but it can be done. And I just have that weird feeling. I know they're not all going to end like this, where they return a field goal for a touchdown to beat Alabama. But I just have the feeling of this game, too, where it's going to be a play at the end of the game. And I agree. And, and this Auburn team, I know they have two losses, but very good football team. Very good football and team. And been playing as of late. One of their losses to Clemson, who we also think is a very good football team. Right. So, I don't know. We're both on the Auburn train. We're all, I'm taking... After the great performance I felt Virginia put out last week against Miami, I'm taking Virginia at home against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has been a team I've been gambling on for the last three or four weeks, and they just never come through in the clutch. Maybe they shove it to me, but I got Virginia plus seven at home. I'm feeling that game. I mean, it's the biggest spread I'm taking. I don't know. I know you've got South Carolina coming up here. Yeah. You know what? I haven't picked against Clemson all year. feel a little bit bad. I kind of feel like I'm cheating on them a little bit. But I still want to. I would say you're cheating on them. I'm going to be very honest with you. A little bit. I I just think this is going to be a much closer game than people think. I think Clemson is a much better team, maybe 14 points better than South Carolina at home. But I don't know. South Carolina, they're playing at home. I kind of like them to make this a close game. Um, And 13 and a half would love to get 14, but can't get everything you want. So I am taking South Carolina. My last game, I'm going with a team that has let me down arguably as much as any other team this year. Taking the Wolverines, plus 12 at home versus Ohio State. Um, I know the season has been a disappointment. I think we've kind of harped on that every week since they lost their first game. But I like Michigan in this kind of rivalry game. I think he, I think he kind of throws the teams out the window. And I love Coach Harbaugh. Still love him. It's been a struggle this year, but Michigan at home in the big house. I just have to disagree find a way to cover. I think Ohio State does one of their pummel shows that I've been on the wrong end of. I have been wrong before. And so have I when it comes to this team. My last game, Notre Dame has just, it's been a big snowball going downhill as fast as possible. They're on the road against Stanford. Stanford plus two. They're my pick. I love this Stanford team after their win against Washington. Obviously, the Pac-12 will not have a representation this year, but maybe the Pac-12 can start to get stronger. And it doesn't look like Washington's going to start there with a lot of seniors. But this Stanford team has been impressive, as well as this USC team that I think is beginning to put on a little bit more of a show here. They beat my UCLA Bruins, which was very, uh, very tough to see. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge of Liberty Talk. FM and AM FM 24-7. We'll be back after the break, everybody. Holy man. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're back at the Sporting Edge. <laughs> you finally edge. got your own voice. When was the last time you led into a segment? <laughs> I don't know, but I really wanted to take this one because Thanksgiving Thursday. It's actually Saturday right now, but as we're sitting here, um, NFL. We first of all, let's talk about Thanksgiving Thursday football games. <laughs> Yeah, and eh is kind of generous. Like yeah. when you get that from Larry David, it's more like it can be, it can happen. It's like the end. It's like eh, I don't agree, but something could possibly come from this. Nothing could come from what came Thursday night on or Thursday day and Thursday night of football. I mean, through the first quarter of this Redskins Giants games, there was a total of 108 yards between the two teams as we and four first. Half. As we sit here, three nothing, a minute left in the first half, and I don't even know who's leading. Doesn't matter. The Giants are, but it doesn't matter. The Giants beat the Chiefs. The NFL, I cannot say it enough, and I don't care how mad people get about it. I've been saying it all year, so it's not like I'm backing down. The NFL is bad. It is bad, bad, bad. The team's bad. The only team in this that's confidently good, that I know will go in and win the Super Bowl, is the Patriots. And I don't care about what everyone's saying about the Eagles right now. Carson Wentz, awesome first half last year. Carson Wentz, Awesome first half so far this year. And you know what? He could keep it up. He could prove me wrong. He can get to that Super Bowl. But there is no team like the New England Patriots right now in football. There is no team that will go into Gillette Stadium and win a game in the postseason. There is no team that will go to the Super Bowl from the NFC and compete. The same, Look at the top teams in the NFC. This is disgusting. Can I just explain why it's disgusting? Sure. Mm-hmm. True Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. Absolutely. This Saints team was a bottom-dwelling team last year. And if it isn't for such a terrible NFC they're playing in and their landscape they're playing in, that record isn't what it is. They're not putting that many wins up. The Rams, I mean, come on, that division? Are you kidding me? What do you mean? Drew Stanton? They got the Seahawks. This The offense of the Seahawks is atrocious behind other than Russell Wilson, who I think arguably should be MVP this year because of what he's been able to do for this team with no offensive line. Their Legion of Boom is absolutely dead. Like I said, you got Drew Stanton. Okay, but what about the Patriots division? Bills, Dolphins, and Jets? The Bills were a viable team until... They're not. Their coach had a loony bin incident and put Nate Peterman in, and he threw for five interceptions okay. in the first, first so, half of the game. Let's see how Bills are 5-5. Five and five. The Jets... Are four and but six? You got to remember that the Jets were four and two at one point. So this is the NFL's bet. I'm telling you, the NFL's bad, but the Patriots do it consistently. The Patriots are beating these teams pretty good. Look at how they treated Oakland in Oakland last week. They dominated them. Oakland stinks. That's fine, but Oakland was a good team last year. What I'm saying, I, is I just think I think you're wrong about the Rams. I think they're a very good team. I think 
the Rams are young, Xander. I, I don't necessarily they're think they're I don't think they're bad, but for the Rams to be leading the NFC, which they're not, but to be one of the leaders of the NFC this soon, that speaks volumes about how poor the rest of the teams in the NFC are. This is a young team. This is a three year Todd Gurley. This is a basically first year Jared Goff. And I can't say it enough how bad Jeff Fisher is. We're just gonna I have to throw that in there. Every week that they perform well is How about every week that Case Keenum performs well? Right. Where are these, got, these got, guys? Case Keenum's won six games in a row as a starter. These guys couldn't throw the ball five yards last year. Dude, and, Jeff Fisher was living in the eighties. I don't even think he was living. Uh, dude, Sean Mc and I like Sean McVay. I, and I'll give credit to him. I think you, can't, credit. you can't not love the guy. Pulled the pro- he pulled the potential out of Young, his players. Dude, he. I think that's I makes love, the best. I coach. love looking at a head coach who is like younger. You could play a pickup basketball game with. Yeah, you would feel comfortable. Like I can't go to Jeff Fisher and be like, "Hey, you want to run Forrest? <laughs> like Sean McVay? You know, maybe. But real quickly back to this point, and then the Vikings, Case Keenum, the backup quarterback, leading them. I mean, that division's atrocious as well. That defense, I think, is very good. It's a it's a seasoned defense. Good defenses are obviously the motto is defense wins championships. I mean, there just had to be some little switch up because the Cowboys. Probably the best team in the NFC last year. But explain. So I get ripped apart because Dak Prescott has the best QBR in the league. Where the f- where has he been the last two games? As I cover my mouth. I mean, dude, you know what? Elliot went the down. Loss of Elliot and Tyrone Smith not being there slash one hundred percent. I guess it's a really big deal. I guess because they're they they can't move the ball. It's disgusting. The Chargers. I don't care if you think they look good. The Chargers. Phil Rivers. How about Keenan Allen? Keenan. Balling out for the past two weeks, but Keenan Allen had do- had done that in years when he tore his ACL, and that's why it was tragic. I I had him twice, and he tore his ACL, and his stats before that point. Keenan Allen, I think, is one of the best wide receivers for fantasy purposes. Dude, all he does is just catch the ball, catches the ball, finds his way into the end zone, and just eats up a bunch of yards. But Philip Rivers is a predominant loser. He can't win, definitely not in the big games. And you know what? He does put up stats though. That is one today, thing. Today was the ex- or Thursday or Thanksgiving was the exact example for 400 plus yards. 430. Yeah, dude, it, it was like it was like batting practice for a quarterback. Like the, the Cowboys, just the entire game, it just wasn't even. Close Their defense to looked bad. And here's another thing that people aren't talking about, and I'm spitting in the wind here because I'm playing against Julio Jones this year. You know, Julio Jones has one receiving touchdown this year and has only broken double-digit fantasy points. And this isn't PPR, by the way, broke, breaking double-digit. He's only broken it three times this year. Called it. Beginning and Des Bryant. And the reason I bring up Julio Jones is Bryant Des Bryant's not. a no-show. Dude, Top he, 10 receiver that's not even top 40 right now. Des Bryant, I didn't even realize this, hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2014. And pretty spooky, and that can kind of go back on the quarterback a little bit. And is how is, is Dak not getting in the ball? Is Des not as well? They went thirteen and three last year, so I'm not mm-hmm. like blaming. I'm not going to blame anybody. Okay. But Elliot again was predominantly the source there. And you know what? As we say, Aaron Rodgers should be in consideration for MVP after looking at this Packers team. Elliot should be in con- for consideration of the MVP because look how bad the Cowboys have been without him. Right. Speaking of running the ball. I do not think that Detroit Lions should ever call a running play ever. They were. I was listening to some of those stats today. For Matt Stafford, had only had like eight a hundred yard rushers in his career, in his entire NFL career. I think they'd be better off bringing Barry Sanders back. They, dude, they should never, ever, ever run the ball. Like it's, it's just disgusting when they do. It was. I was watching the game and it was just pissing me off because they. I think. 
out of my time watching football, which has been probably, let's say, like the past 12 years, the Lions have never, ever been good at running the ball. It's like one team that is well, once they got Matt Stafford, I mean, that's why Stafford's no. a 5,000-yard season kind of guy. They don't even, it's not even, like, somewhat there. Like every team goes through spurts, but the Lions and the running game have never, ever been a thing. I guess early on in my football watching, the Packers had him on green. They did have him on green. They did have him on green, which was great. And But realistically, Eddie Lacy had two 1,000-yard rushing seasons recently, but he turned into a bump. The Packers are along with the Lions in terms of running games. But we don't have that, any form of running. That's two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, though. I, Matt Stafford is good, but... I like, dude. I just don't think he gets enough love, and that's the tough part. But in, in such a bad NFL, I, I this is like, a year for him to prove. And you got to win that game against the Vikings at home. You had I the mean, opportunity. The score, I think, was closer than the game was. Honestly, I mean, the whole game they it wasn't really a game, and they came back within one score. But it was not a good, horrible start for a team to come out like that on Thanksgiving Day. Though that first half was just it was but, unacceptable. But where has there been good football? I mean, there just isn't like. I look at these teams and I look, and the reason I say this is I look at these teams and I look at these lines for these games. I mean, the lines are ridiculous this week. The Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Bills. I don't know how bad the Bills are, but the Chiefs just lost to the I New York Giants. I'm, I don't know if I'm taking the Chiefs. The minus Chiefs nine lost nine to the Giants. Yeah, these losses are unforgivable. They I mean, didn't score a touchdown the entire week against the Giants. It, it's twelve to nine. Right? Are you kidding me? It I, was brutal. And uh, hey, how about if, how about the Falcons going into Quest Field, taking a win from Seattle? But again, we've been talking about the Seattle thing. Russell Wilson still. Russell Wilson tough. played one on eleven. Russell Wilson played mm-hmm. one on twenty-two. If you really want to talk about it, I mean, the Falcons had eleven guys on both sides of the field the entire night, and Russell Wilson for half of that isn't allowed on the field because he doesn't play defense. And it's props. You know what? Props to. The Atlanta Falcons. I think it's really important for them to start getting their mojo back, their momentum. I mean, the Saints do have a pretty nice that, lead. That team is like I'm not going to call them good because they've been playing horrible this year. I mean, six and four, but not the team that I saw last year. But this is the time to get. If there's a time to get hot. It's kind of like right now. It's right now, and leading in the playoffs. There's nothing more you want. How be about with. Rowdy Rowdy Randy Dalton last week? 2017, going on the road at Denver. This team's going to make the playoffs. Oh, you watch. I don't, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but this Denver team clearly. I mean, now they're going to Paxton Lynch. I mean, how Dude, it's, bad football again. I cannot stress that, it. That is bad. I remember in week three, I was listening to a talk show that was talking. It was like, Denver might be the best team in the NFL. And at the time, they kind of they probably were. Defense was firing on all cylinders. Trevor Simeon was playing pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty We're good. all about curb tonight, but yeah. And now they sit here at three and seven, kind of scratching their heads, wondering what happened to twenty fourteen. That Elway should get back. We need Barry Sanders back in Detroit. Elway should hop back on the field. It's brutal, but that's all the time we have this segment. Everybody, we'll be back with more of our rant about the NFL with our final segment. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk FM and AM FM twenty four seven. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's, it appears the trip to fan is starting to come into play here on the show. I think somebody slipped a tab in the turkey, too. <laughs> it's, I'm feeling all sorts of loopy. I Yeah, it's it's been tough, because let's be real here. We're all adults listening to the show, and if you're a kid listening to this show, well, we appreciate it. But 
we went out. It was whatever they call it, Black Wednesday, Blackout Wednesday, whatever the whatever the hell they want to call it, these things. We went out. We got our drink. We mentioned this at the beginning of the show. And I don't get why it's one of the national drinking days because it comes the night before you're supposed to splurge and eat as much as you can. Yet hangovers are counterintuitive. They leave you with stomach aches. They leave you with nauseating headaches. So I don't know why they they're paired and one goes behind one goes before the other. Yeah, I don't know either. But all I know is I felt like shit when I woke up this morning. How uh, much better are you feeling right now? Is the real question. Uh, now it's kind of transformed into a weird, a weird tiredness. Like I'm An so uncomfortable full. tired. Oh yeah, I'm about as full as I get for the year because um, I just. I kind of kept eating, even though I knew I was full. I just, I just wanted to eat everything, so I did. You, that's one of the tricky parts about Thanksgiving. One, I'm big on the leftovers. I think the leftovers are going to be super instrumental to my life for the next week, week and a half. I could push two, but when it's all out there on the table for you, you got to go. You got to eat like it's your last, your last supper. I mean, if I, if I were on death row, my last meal would be a Thanksgiving meal. I've <laughs> absolutely decided that. And I know people aren't big fans of the Thanksgiving turkey or all that other stuff. There's no better meal to me than Thanksgiving. But Tripper fans kicking in, keep re-alluding to the fact that it's Thanksgiving. And, you know, we're, power, we're a power duo right here, Xander. We're, it's a holiday, and we are working to bring sports to the people. Yep. And we're going to bring you a little more NFL, which we've just been – I've been despising. I think the NFL is disgusting. You know what else was disgusting that you bring up? The Packers last week. And honestly, so we were getting this argument a little bit last night, and we can do it again. It wasn't really on the defense. That 23 nothing did not describe that defensive performance. No. They gave up the ball on the first three possessions, and the defense held them to three points. And in fact – all three of those turnovers led to the Ravens being in the Packers territory. So the defense really did come through. Obviously, Clay Matthews left halfway through with a groin injury because if you're a Green Bay Packer, the only thing you can do is leave the field with an injury. And that's just been the moral of the story in the NFL as a whole, though, this year, too. I mean, Robert Woods is down for me now. It's just I can't keep a guy on the field in fantasy. The Packers can't keep a guy on the field for their season. Maybe that's what, maybe this is just like a write-up NFL year where I'm just I'm kind of done I'm very excited for the Super Bowl because that'll be. The- I you know what I think this will be a year of a of a, me- of a middling mediocre team that's going to get really hot. Like th- this year seems to me it could be like a Giants winning the Super Bowl type year, not the Giants this year, but just that kind of team that kind of yeah, like- gets in, gets hot. And if right now if I had to choose two teams, what I want to see, I think I would I would go Pats Rams. I think that'd be my pick right now. It would be awesome, the 2000 Super Bowl rematch right there. Yeah. Hey, I've been naming old-time players all right. Let's bring back Torrey Holt and Marshall Falk. Although, I don't even think you need them. Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce. Kurt Warner. (laughs) Although, I I like golf. I like Gurley. I like this team. But that would be be an awesome Super Bowl matchup. See, I think the Rams are, you know, I don't know how good they really are. They're playing really well this season. And I think they are good. The story's still out on them, according to people like you. But... The fact that Jared Goff has played so well this year, it's got to give you a ton of confidence as a as a Los Angeles Rams fan. Oh, you got it right. I got it right. I mean, they're not from St. Louis anymore. Right. Because you can't win in this league without an at least above-average quarterback. And what Jared Goff has shown this year is that not only is he capable, but he's doing really well. Um, surrounded by he's good young, weapons. So- and he's young. 
He's young. Todd Gurley, like you said, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup. Um, this team is just kind of it, it kind of been clicking all year. I know they got beat down by the Vikings last week, but they really haven't. They've lost three games, but they really haven't like faltered this year. You know, for multiple weeks at a time, you're like, wow. I mean, the Rams really aren't for real anymore. Did They've you, been solid all year. Did you year. make any NFL picks this week? <laughs> I'm looking at my picks, and I'm just like, this is almost impossible. <laughs> all what? right. Mine are Atlanta minus 10, St. Louis minus 2 and a God. Darn. Where are they from? <laughs> Los Angeles minus 2 and a half. Buffalo plus 10. Not, Dude, no you com- picked three games? I'm like looking at this thing, and I'm like. <laughs> oh, that's why I read them off quick. And no confidence in these picks. Yeah. I, we, we have to give you picks this week, but I don't think you guys should follow our lead. I mean, my picks are. I'm looking at Green Bay plus 14, and I'm I'm not going to take that. But I couldn't. T- there's never been a point in my lifetime where the Packers have been underdogs by two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. I've been alive for 22 years, and the Packers are not once in those. I, I mean, it'd be it'd be hard with a hall of, with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to ever be more than a two touchdown dog would be almost impossible. I agree, but it, with Brett Hundley, Brett Hundley, it's, it's time put Joe Callahan in put. Uh, Mike McCarthy's whole ranting about how Hundley's the man. McCarthy, you're senile. Ted Thompson's senile. All this has shown Packer fans and sports media is... You guys suck without a Hall of Fame quarterback. And that we we suck, and that for 20 years, 20 fantastic years, my favorite player of all time, Brett Favre, one of my favorite players of all time, Aaron Rodgers, we've just been wasting them. 20 years, and all we have to show for it is three Super Bowl appearances and two Super Bowl wins. And I know for a team hey. that sounds good... That's a lot more than some other teams. No, have. I know, but not with those Hall of Fame... Co- Dude, I think they're comparable to Brady, and Brady's the one winning all the Super Bowls. I mean, Peyton Manning even got two himself, and Brett and Aaron Rodgers combined only have two. And I don't know. I think it's tough, and it's unfortunate, but it's just been a waste. My picks, I want to read them off quick, too, because one, I do have faith in my Raiders, because that division is still open, and I love Derek Carr, I love Khalil Mack, I love that Raiders team. So I am going to go the Raiders minus four at home against the Broncos, who are just absolutely atrocious. I kind of like the Seahawks minus six and a half on the road. Garoppolo's doubtful again, because they don't want to play him for some reason, but Bethard hasn't been terrible. And then... Who knows? And then Carolina minus five on the road against the Jets. Like everyone on the road is favored this week because there's so many bad teams. And right. Cam's been fine. He's been helping my fantasy team. It'll be great to have Greg Olson back on the field as well. Who I picked I'm up. excited for that. Greg I'm Olson, pre- um, big week to come back. I I hope it's a big week. I mean, the Jets suck. I picked the Jets to beat the Buccaneers. That didn't go well. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Beat his old team. I mean, you know what, Carolina, another team that I do not want to see call a design running play unless it's with Cam Newton. <laughs> Dude, Jonathan Stewart. I hate Jonathan Stewart had a good week last week. I know, but I hate weeks watching ago. him run. It, it upsets. He me. gets. He's uh, he's turning into Mike Tolbert. When you're a teammate, <laughs> <of Mike> T- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've seen that guy before. He and was, in a Panthers uniform. Yes. Well, Sean McCoy should be worried because everybody who's been teamed up with Mike Tolbert has added. I mean, LT at the end of his career was a little thicker than some Mike. He was more thicker than not. Right? And Mike Tolbert's, I don't know if he's a good There was a preponderance of thickness. When you're on his team, there's definitely the diet control that probably goes out the window with Mike Tolbert. But Jonathan Stewart's a hefty man. Let me tell you. There is, he is hefty. And I agree with you. It's tough to watch them run unless it's Cam Newton, who I love every time he carries the ball. 
just praying he doesn't get a concussion or any injury because that will end my season faster than you can say inky pinky bonky. Hmm. But nice. it's tough. I mean, you, you hear it in our voices. The NFL is just it, – we're wearing down on it. They're worried about concussions and CTE. They should be worried about their fans. I mean, yeah. I'm worn out. I'm Jerry com- Jones having a problem with Goodell. There's not – It's tough. It's a tough time to be an NFL fan right now. Because – but you know what I thought about? It's like not for me. I'm just, I'm into fantasy. I'm into gambling on games. Like yeah, but I, and I, that's just where I wish you could feel the heartbreak. The the Packer season has been. Yeah. I never really had a serious relationship with a girl, but this it's just like maybe I know what it's like to be used now. You know, I feel like I'm used. Yeah, it's just don't, come back next year. You know, I hope. But this team sucks. It does it, suck. Aaron Rodgers is the only piece right now, and right. I except for I will. To the day I die, I will back our wide receiving core. Jordy Nelson is exceptional. Question, question for you. Will Aaron Rodgers ever leave Green Bay? Well, that's all the time we have this week. <laughs> here the Sporting Edge. This is Wits and Rise. We are on AM, FM 24-7, and Liberty Talk FM. We'll be back next week, everybody, and I may or may not answer that question. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.